from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. Friday, February 10th, 2017, and it's Whoa. the podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and I, I, I just powered through that February. Like, yeah. I, I'm just like, it's a word that trips me up, like brewery. Yeah. And, um, yeah. nope. And boom, just, it's just, the just roll jerk. You just gotta have the confidence and Dang. go for it. Yeah. yeah. February. There you go. This week's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Yes, I want to talk about this. HelloFresh delivers weekly recipes and fresh ingredients straight to your doorstep so you can cook delicious, quick, and healthy meals at home. They celebrate fresh ingredients and making magic happen in the kitchen. Uh, they know there's a so do I. <laughs> they know there's a chef in everyone, and they believe food brings people together. Good food allows us to live long, and great food lets us enjoy every bite of life. I love I, that. That's so pi- That should be on a sign in a kitchen somewhere. I celebrate your ad read. I know, right? That was lovely. <laughs> I wrote every word of this. <laughs> I'm like inspired to eat a good meal, a HelloFresh meal after can we hearing talk, that. Can we talk about this though? We are, Brie and I were at the at movies the other day and you know during the pre-movie, you get, we got there a little early and so we're just bored and we're like, I wonder if those HelloFresh, like if it's actually feasible, like does it actually work in a budget? Was it being advertised at the movie theater or were no, you we just, were just talking, talking about HelloFresh? <laughs> we were talking about the you show. You were talking, talking in the Hello movie Fresh. theater about HelloFresh. I, I have no problem with you talking about HelloFresh, but the movie Dude. theater seems like an inappropriate con- As long as you didn't have, have your phone screen on. No, no, no. Okay. It was like the pregame show where, and it's not even like where the previews are. It's like the one really early where Melissa Menounos just shows commercials. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we were looking at HelloFresh. It's actually really really cost effective for a family right it's amazing because right. I always thought it was like inaccessible and even for s- sad single people you can Tupperware <laughs> the second portion and save it for lunch the next day perfect I mean I don't know they're all sad maybe they love it or happy Chandler, single people Chandler yeah. is happy as a clam yeah he's eating fresh food <laughs> living longer twice he doesn't yeah he doesn't care enjoying everybody that single life is That's what he's doing eating a half portion of salmon and never looking back each week HelloFresh creates new delicious recipes with step by step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks short on time. HelloFresh sources the freshest ingredients measured to the exact quantities needed so there's no waste. Right now, HelloFresh is running a special offer for Relevant Podcast listeners. If you go to HelloFresh.com, you can use promo code RELEVANT35 when you subscribe, and you'll get $35 off your first week of deliveries. RELEVANT35? RELEVANT35. They upped the ante. Some yeah. other... Why, fa- why 35 so, uh, Because so you get $35 off $35. your first week. Oh, $35 <laughs> off, yeah. Yeah, yeah you like the could, like the Harry's one is, you is put RELEVANT5. In, you know? If you put in RELEVANT45, would they honor it and just give you 45 <laughs> off? RELEVANT150, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, Relevant35, HelloFresh.com. There you go. Like I said, I'm your host, Cameron Strang. Here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Cat Coffolds. Here early. We call him on time, Eddie. Ready to go. Over there, uh, our social media maven, Chelsea Steele. Hello, everybody. On the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. And on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello. 
Hello. Uh, things are a little different this morning. I thought you were getting back into our Garrison Keeler. <laughs> no, no, I'm just, you know, we're recording on a different day. It's a little bit change of pace. I just thought I'd set the tone nice yeah. and early. That this is going to be, this is going to be like a, a real professional show. This is, hello, hello. This is, this is more, you know, I got some yeah. important stuff we need to address. We're this recording morning. earlier in the morning and on an earlier day of the week yeah. than we normally record the podcast. Yeah. And I appreciate you guys rolling with me. I'm, I'm going to be in LA tomorrow at the last oh, minute. Cool. So, I had to. I had to request. Could we move it? And you guys were very gracious. No, plenty of coffee. No big deal. We're here. I, yeah. I got up a little bit early, like trying to get the stuff to kick in mm-hmm. by the time we started recording. And yeah. uh, I'm not not quite there yet. Nope. But about halfway through the show, you're going to probably feel the tempo change because yeah. all the caffeine's going to. Hello, hello. <laughs> yeah, that uh, Chelsea, you weren't here when Jesse and I spent the almost whole show doing Garrison Keeler impersonation offs. <laughs> Thank God, it was as f- it sounded. It's I mean, it a lot a- of people were confused that he was a guest on the show. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> What we like to call Garrison Keeler, that's prestige radio. That's prestige audio. And in this show, I would think you would put us in that tier of prestige audio. Um, But coming up on the show today, we actually have prestige radio joining us. Ira Glass is on the show oh, today. He's on the he's on the cover of uh, Relevant right now, the current issue of Relevant. Coolest. And there's part of that conversation that did not make the print issue, so we are bringing it to you on the show today. I love him, and yeah. he's always Ira Glass. Same. I just heard him in a really off weird podcast that I would have never thought he'd appear in. I'm not even going to say the name of it, but like even in that show, he was still Ira Glass. Like, yeah. he is really yeah. a cool dude. I can't wait to hear this. Um, also coming up after Ira, uh, Andy Minio is is on the show today. Uh, rapper. Um, uh, you don't have to tell me. I know he's a rapper. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> Feels like you were telling me. I know he's a rapper. I don't know if you're down with the kids. I don't know. Oh, yeah. uh, Andy is coming up. He's actually going to be discussing or telling us some of the songs that changed Ooh. his life. Yeah. It's not like just hearing some of his new stuff. It's not an interview. Yeah. This, these are the songs that made Andy Minio cool. Andy Minio. Oh, yeah. We did this one time before with We've somebody. Done a I love that. Times John Mark McMillan. Yeah, that's right. I love that one. That was yeah. cool. John's was but awesome. It was Lauren Daigle one of the and, and Garrison uh, Keeler. Bear Reinhardt from yeah, Garrison Keeler did it. Yeah, Garrison <laughs> Keeler. Yeah. The Swanee River. I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy. Finish my life. Yankee Doodle Dandy. What? Garrison, speak up. We can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> the last few years, I've gotten to go to Montana to go fly fishing yeah. and shooting guns Guys and weekend. stuff that I don't yeah. normally yeah. do. Yeah. This year uh, in May, I'm going again. Yeah. And uh, Jesse's going. Yeah. And, uh, That's fun. And Andy Minio is going on our trip. He's fun. a rapper. He's a rapper. Yeah. And yeah. propaganda. And a couple other rappers all might go. All rappers. Wow. Yeah, it's gonna is be, it all rappers and the two of you guys? Uh, so otherwise, we can only all hope rappers. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Lecrae, Lost Lecrae, Swag, Lost Swag, Prop, and you guys. Uh, yeah, no, that's gonna be fun. I haven't spent uh, much time with Andy, uh, you know, in the wilderness. So mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be a new experience. Oh that's when that's when you really get to know when the chips are down. <laughs> And you have to decide who's going to be eaten first. That's when the chips are all down. Right. Right. 
that's when you know who the real friends are. You <laughs> that's know? right. So that's right, Cameron. I promise, if it all goes down out there, you will not be eaten first. Thank I you. We have to <laughs> we have to form alliances because you don't know. I mean, you know that these rappers are all tight. You right. know, yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, I'm crew. a little concerned about that. Don't by eat, the way, Tony He's such a great guy. He's got so much great stuff to say. He's awesome, and he's not got. I mean, he's so skinny. He's gonna be all all yeah. bones. I, I'm gonna say Jesse would be a pretty good first choice. <laughs> he's thin, but he's got. He's like you know. It's not wiry. It's no, he's like not wiry. Good. He's got plenty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to keep that in mind. I, I you know, That's if I weird. disappear, if I disappear, you know, it's for self-protection. If I go rogue, straight up Lord of the Flies, like one day in, you guys just, know why. I just love, look in their eyes. Is what I, I just love that Jesse's not even going to like, you're not even going to see him on the plane. It's going to be, you get off the plane, you don't see Jesse again until you're back in your seat to Why? fly home. Because he's just, he's in survival mode. Oh, oh, it's, it'll be a full I'm convinced, camo. I'm convinced yeah. that I'll be eating one You'll be getting off trip. the plane and he'll just be yeah. up against the wall. You'll wake up, yeah, you'll wake up from your little Netflix nap when you get there and you're going to look around and he's gone and he's just, he's hiding up in the luggage compartment and you just are like, well, I guess I do my weekend. But then he's back on the plane, but he was there the whole time. Yeah. He's like, oh, remember when we were sitting by the fire and that guy spit out his drink? That was nuts, right? <laughs> but we never saw him. We never saw him. Yeah, I, I, I actually, now that you're saying this, I fully expect yeah. that he's gonna be wearing like face camo and all that stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, no. oh. I've, I'm, I've been stocking up heavily on. Are you telling me that's not this kind of trip? Because, yeah, uh, yeah, my whole body <laughs> no, is gonna also, be covered in camouflage. We're <laughs> staying at a nice, we're staying at a nice lodge. Uh, yeah. We'll have guides take us down the yeah. Bighorn River to go fly fishing. Right. It's not. Yeah, no, it's not. A survivalist I pictured like trip. bear grill status. Like no. I was fully. I was think I was sleeping inside like an elk carcass. That's yeah. my lodging. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you and Andy Minio just cuddling yeah. up for warmth. He's got, yeah. yeah, he's got like yards and yards of like the jet blue seat material just to make like the first camo outfit so right. that you don't see him on the plane. Right. And then they just progress yeah. from there. Nothing, <laughs> nothing on this, nothing in this airplane scene goes to waste. I'm just like cutting it up and fashioning it into like a cool sun protection hat or something. <laughs> sun protection hat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, rabbit trap or something cool. The first, I gotta figure the details out on that. Yeah. You know, I gotta brush it up a little, but I'll, I'll get there. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun week. I, I, yeah, and the, as soon as I get there, I'm like, "Oh, I, guys, I, I did not pack much. I thought this was sort of a naked and afraid type of deal. Am I wrong?" <laughs> okay, okay, I had a misunderstanding. So uh, I'm gonna need to borrow some clothes from somebody, please. Who's my size? The first time Andy I went, Mayo, come here. The first time I went, it was in the middle of summer in Florida. It was September still, you know, it was still warm. And I yeah. show up, and the day we show up, uh, it started snowing. And so I was totally unprepared for that. And then, yeah. then the, the the next year I went, I was like, well, it's going to be cold. And of course it was 90 degrees yeah. the entire time. <laughs> so I totally packed the wrong stuff. And then this last time I was like ready for anything and way overpacked. And it was just a nice, pleasant right. upper seventies the entire time. If only you know? there was some way to know the weather before hey, you got there. Yeah. No, 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 what the I'm doing my strategy this year, Cameron, is I'm buying those like super expensive, like weird outdoor outfits that every part of it just zips off. So mm-hmm. I can zip off <laughs> right. like half a sleeve, like a full right. sleeve. I can zip yeah, off and like, like, like $200 half, like a crop top mm-hmm. thing. I can zip them to like crop capris, top. pants, shorts, whole thing. It's like, going to be like a cool mm-hmm. zipped layering system like that'll it. fit anything instead of full, checking the weather I just you can feel like be that's full arctic or full bahamas in mm. a number of seconds yeah <laughs> exactly just a lot of zipping you'll just hear me zipping throughout the day <laughs> i i have a feeling that's how like andy will show up like he just went down to sports authority mm. or whatever and just like bought everything in the outdoor <laughs> section he's wearing like 
no. you know the Wyburn hat the 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 uh, those shirts yeah. the, you know the whole thing yeah no I think Andy will show up looking super cool uh-huh yeah and for the entire weekend no matter what everybody does like somehow he continues to look effortlessly cool there's always that person right yeah. Jordans are still perfectly clean yeah. Yeah. he's participating in everything and hunting yeah it's freezing out and he's wearing just the perfect shirt you're like how are you not cold and he doesn't even acknowledge the question I'm gonna be wearing a pair of Cantori's my special <laughs> weapon <laughs> Yeah. Jim Cantori the, uh, the I, one of the trips that we went on a bunch of the LA guys were on it uh, guys you would know friends from LA and they were the effortlessly cool it's yeah. like how how are you LA cool in the plains of Montana you assume you're all gonna be outside like everyone's wearing cargo shorts yeah like, it's just we're all <laughs> totally. we're all looking like we're in Montana yeah knee nope. high yeah. socks no. yarmulke that's what you're all wearing <laughs> yeah I'm gonna be a hey cool Jerry Lorenzo shirt but uh, question for you do your khakis turn into a sleeping bag cool that's what I thought later, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do your pants zip off at the knee? Cool, that's what I thought. Yeah, uh, I feel like it's about time. In terms, are we up to a fashion update, or do we need to keep please, going? Please, okay. please. <laughs> in terms of a, it's in your weekly segment. Yeah, I just a new assume. fashion trend. I feel like those um, Ed Hardy shirts are about to make an oh, ironic no. comeback. Oh no. no, 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 no. You know, in my dad's world, they never left. <laughs> that's, that, and that's, and that's a problem. That's why they can't come back yet. Yeah, and, yeah. because They're it's still not ironic. Like dad like, when, how no. long until Chandler's in a Tommy Bahama shirt? No, that that. <laughs> I could see. You oh, see, no. I mean, yeah. I feel like we're. I don't feel like we're far from it. Like to be the honest. wooden buttons. Yeah, the Mac DeMarco thing is definitely. What is it? Mac DeMarco. It's like this. Uh ironically terrible yeah no yeah i know the ironically terrible 80s Tommy yeah. bahama type shirts are yeah, definitely yeah. hitting mm-hmm. the hipster scene i'm just glad that chinko's never made it made it back around oh what? man it's they just collaborated with yeah they, well, they tried they like started they didn't, it, it didn't yeah. hit. it didn't hit yeah, yeah. it didn't hit yeah. like where you do clubbing right yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. Where they, you they, they, they never broke like <laughs> rave style is never going to get ironic it's just going to be terrible forever <laughs> there you go all right well moving the show along um it's time to look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for In Case You Missed It. All right, this was a big one. I mean, a lot of things happened this week. Super Bowls, all that stuff. No. On Monday, on Monday, Sufjan Stevens, in case you missed it, he wrote a mini sermon about nationalism and the teachings of Christ and posted it on Mm. on his website. Mm -hmm. Um, The singer-songwriter posted the message to Tumblr, breaking down why it's theologically problematic to conflate patriotism with Christianity. Here's part of it. I'm only going to read part of it, but Go do yourself a favor and, and read this thing. It's it's really powerful and challenging. Yeah. You can also find it on relevantmagazine.com. I'm a company, you know, I got to I gotta point people there. there you it's go. also on his <laughs> site. But. Uh, part of it said, uh, you cannot pledge allegiance to a nation state and its flag in the name of God, for God has no political boundary. God is love, period. A Christian nation is absolutely heretical. Christ did not come into this world to become a modifier. Look at what happened to the Holy Roman Empire. You must eradicate all the corrupt theological fear-mongering they preach from the pulpit and from behind the political podium. Get real and get right with God. Go in your closet and pray for your enemies. We must acknowledge that the real substance of life has nothing to do with money or power or prestige or greatness. Your and your power, you and your power must be given away as tax and tithe and service to others. To gain your life is to lose it. To lose your life is to gain it. It goes on from there. It, I mean, this man preached. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The week prior, uh, Sufyan actually wrote another open letter addressed to America, warning about God's judgment on those who mistreat or abandon people in need. Uh, I think he's priming the pump for a new album, folks. I mean, would Sounds it kill like him it. to use some of that energy towards continuing the 50 state thing? Yeah. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, I think that's it. But and Lowell, like, Lowell was what? Was that 2015? That was a fantastic album. It but, was amazing. But I'm like, at least do a Washington, D.C. album. 
It's a, I'm sorry. Well, he can't because he has Jesus lyrics dripping all over his music now and he can't yes. do stuff about states and, yes. and Jesus lyrics. He just, yeah, yeah. Well, here, here's, the here's my, here's my uh, uh, cultural take. I feel like he's going to do sort of the Father John Misty thing where he put out like, so for example, like Sufian's last album, Carrie Lowell, was about his parents or at least, you know, his parents who own a step parent. Yeah. It was very personal is what I'm saying. The same thing with like the last two like uh, Father John Misty records, which were really great, but they were out personal like the last one was about his wife. I love you, honey bear. But his his new album, which he's releasing some tracks from now, is about like the social climate and is about morality and is about wrestling mm. with these big ideas and spirituality and Christianity's place in culture. I think Sufjan Stevens is poised to do the same thing. Like he's done his personal albums, now do something that's uh, you know his, has a lot of cultural commentary. It was like his prophetic albums. Yeah, the, the Father John Misty just you know released a new album, uh, mm-hmm. and he was on Beats One. Uh, their main guy is named Zane Lowe, and he interviews artists and stuff. And he's one of the best interviewers I've ever heard. Yeah. I mean, we've heard a lot of yeah. great interviewers, yeah. but he somehow with Aaron, artists, yeah. with artists, like draws out stuff that isn't normal for an artist to open up about. <laughs> and he was excited. He was priming the pump for this interview. It's the first time he'd ever interviewed Father John Misty. And I learned while I was listening to this interview, Father John Misty grew up in the Pentecostal church. He was like all in slaying the spirit, speaking in tongues, like church going kid and grew up in that world. And then in his twenties walked away from it and, um, you know, tried to figure out what he believes Mm. and why and walked away. He talked about his previous albums and how this album was so different because his previous albums he recorded in that running from God era of uh, drinking and drugs. And he talked about the fact that most of the songs were written at 5 a.m. when he was absolutely drunk and just like a melody would come to him and he would write in that state. And he said most of those albums were written and created like that. He said this album, he kind of did a 180 and he very intentionally got clean. He mm. So he was 100% sober and did it for the album. Like he's like no drugs, no drinking, no nothing. Got completely sober. And the album is terrible. He wanted, <laughs> he wanted to create. He wanted to see what he could create. Yeah. yeah. Versus with what, what? Yeah. Yeah. With clarity sure. versus what those substances made him create. That's awesome. And um and he talked about that process mm. and in that process of getting sober made him go back and really deal with a lot of the faith of his youth and a lot of the, the remnant of that stuff. Cause obviously the substances during that kind of running away decade numbed him sure. to yeah. a lot of those things. And so the process of wrestling with faith and doubt and all of that and the, you know, pain of whatever comes out on this album. Wow. It was fascinating. And so now you listen to this new album a lot differently than if it was just like a new, just father John Missy album. Yeah. It's just crazy how that works though. Cause it's like your story and whatever is in your past that's wounding is going to bubble up. So it's mm-hmm. like, he's trying to mask it with alcohol for a but decade. It's still percolating into songs yeah. and it's mm-hmm. still there. And it's like when he takes away that layer of it's like protection, it's not really protecting him though, but he takes away that addiction. It's just everything you have to reconcile it yeah and that's what he, he and then he's telling zane about it and he's yeah. notoriously private yeah. yeah so like for him to open yeah. up the way he did it was crazy if you have apple music you can go to the zane's beats one connect page and he has Listen all his interviews it. there go find the father john misty one it's i worth think it's it. bold it's of zane. him to try and move forward without i feel like a 
trap a lot of artists get in is knowing that substance was what made their art so lovable right. and so they stay in it so I think it's really bold to like right. go and try and create something well, intentionally I mean that's sober. how I write my column now is <laughs> I just try just to mix kidding. it up every time <laughs> but, 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 but I do think I think that what's interesting is because you look at you look at Sufian writing these things which are not these aren't veiled these aren't songs where you kind of have to like no uh, uh, no shade in the shadow of the cross like the song you kind of have to read into to a degree like what he's like referring to and what he's thinking these are blatant and it's written with the same sort of sober mindedness and clarity not to say that he was you know intoxicated while writing music but what i mean is like the clarity of of like the message is so right on that the climate in america right now and i don't want to say exclusively for christians but a lot of people who grew up in the church and have been wrestling with these ideas for a long time sort of like the overall uh, a social climate right now is making people want to address it head on with a lot of clarity, even if they're people who are usually accustomed to sort of this, uh, you know, interesting creative process and sort of veiled messages, you know, they're just hitting it head on. I think it's a it's an interesting cultural moment. And two people who have a lot of similarities with their music are kind of addressing it in the same way, which is directly. Yeah. Speaking of similarities with music, uh, we're talking about Father John Misty and Sufjan. In case you missed it, Metallica frontman James Hetfield uh, this week, he narrated a new documentary about porn addiction. Um He's musically nothing like Sufjan. Good clarification. Just in case somebody news listening is like, well, I like this Father John Misty guy he's talking about. Let me check out this Metallica. The film is called Addicted to Porn, Chasing the Cardboard Butterfly. And it's currently being screened around the country. It looks at the issue of porn addiction, its negative psychological effects, and what it can do to relationships and how to overcome it. The film even examines the history of sexual temptation dating all the way back to Adam and Eve. Uh, uh, you know, Metallica frontman James Hetfield. The, the, the that's what I predicted next for, was for Metallica was to go <laughs> right. in-depth spiritually into the topic of yeah. porn and temptation. <laughs> so. here, here's a clip. Here's a clip from the documentary. Pornographic film erupted in the 1970s and an IV of sexual material was injected directly into the main vein of humanity. As the appetite for sex and pornography rumbled in the stomach of society, along came an all-you-can-eat buffet of porn, the World Wide Web. Because of that, we are now a planet of technologically dependent beings with our personal power cords plugged directly into anything and everything. And the current running through our cables is high voltage. But so he's the same way. Like, I just heard a long, long, long-form interview with James... Is it Hatfield? Hatfield. And he was talking about... Like I mean, the Hatfield and McCoys. Oh. No, that's Hatfield. Hatfield, okay. Well, I just heard him, a <laughs> conversation with him, and it was like talking about, it was the same thing. Like there was so much addiction running his life and he was spiraling. And now he's like well out of that and have been in recovery for a long time. But you see what really, like projects like this, this is just like very conscious and aware things start to bubble to the surface. And he's still, but they're still making... Metallic music, like the new album, is still yeah. very Metallica y. I thought you were going to say they're still making good music. <laughs> I don't know if I feel like it or not. They're still making Metallica music. In case you missed it, this week uh, in our weekly Stephen Colbert mention, um, Ricky Gervais and, and Stephen Colbert debated the existence of God on the late show. Uh, Ricky is a self-proclaimed agnostic atheist, which is a softening because he used to just be an atheist. Now he's just an yeah. agnostic well, atheist. Something. Pretty soon he'll be a 
full Presbyterian atheist. Yeah. <laughs> Just, and, uh, and Stephen Colbert is, of course, a devout Catholic. Uh, the two engaged in a four-minute-long debate about God, science, and the nature of faith. Here's mm-hmm. part of it. Atheism is only rejecting the claim that there is a God. Atheism isn't a belief system. Mm-hmm. Atheism, so this, this is atheism in a nutshell. You say um, uh, there's a God. I say, can you prove that? You say no. I say, I don't believe you then. Mm-hmm. So um, you believe in one God, I assume. Uh, in three persons, but go ahead. Okay, so you believe... Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but there, there are about 3,000 to choose from that have been, you know, people who believe in... I've the done time. some reading, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so basically, you believe in... You, you, you deny one less God than I do. You don't believe in 2,999 gods, uh-huh. and I don't believe in just one more. Right. <laughs> Do you, do, you, uh, do you ever have a feeling of great gratitude for existence? I lo- of course. Do I, you ever have I know, I know, I know the have... chances are yeah. billions to one that I am on this planet as me and never will be again. And I know I uh, can't convince you that there, there is a God, nor do I really want to convince you there's a God, but no. I can only explain my experience, which is that I have a strong desire to direct that gratitude toward something or of someone. Of course, no, of yeah. course. And that, thing is, that thing is God. We're mortal. We, don't, we, we want to we make sense of nature and science, and, we, and it's too unfathomable that, 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 that everything in the universe was once crunched into something smaller than an atom. But you don't Three, know that. Well... You're just believing but, Stephen but not, Hawking, but, and that's a matter of faith in his abilities. Yeah, the, yes. You don't know it yourself. You're accepting that because someone told you. Yeah, well... But science, science is constantly proved all the time. I need to clarify real quick that that wasn't a Presbyterian dig. I feel like I could offend a, yeah, a right, third Eddie. of the country. You, real you, quick. you <laughs> wanted to make subtle, weird commentary on Presbyterians. Thanks a lot for offending <laughs> me. Well, he's got an Episcopalian, so he's got oh, this yeah. little rivalry. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm it's deep. like the Hetfield uh, and McCoys. You guys, I'm so deep in it. I'm not gonna, I've been trying to be it's cool like on the Lars show. It's like Lars versus Napster, dude. So lame, Eddie. And you're Lars in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're super lame, dude. I am totally Lars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lars and you're always slash. You're just like, oh, you're in the cool band and you're always cool. And he's showing up to Montana and he's still just slash. Just, just naturally yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, he's wearing that gigantic hat. <laughs> Little do we know it's stocked with like you know outdoor what? supplies in there. You know? you know what the deal is with that hat? He really pushed through from it being like, whoa, that's edgy and cool to like, that guy is a dork to like, wow, that is purely slash. He never quit mm-hmm. on that hat. Mm-hmm. And there were some dark years. ever went cool or like dorky. I think it just went like, oh, that he's still doing that? Right. Yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. To, but he's to push, past that threshold. To push through with a single fashion statement for that long is a real trademark. brave thing. Yeah. It would be yeah. like somebody wearing like a leisure suit in the 70s, height of fashion, yeah. <laughs> pushing through the 80s. Like, yeah. what's this guy doing? Kind of lame. Yeah. And then like just rocking it now, 30 it. years later, you're like, man, this guy's committed. Right. Yeah. That's I respect right. it. That's why me. I should have kept my Tommy Bahama shirt and my Ed Hardy Jesus, shirt. Because yeah. mm-hmm. at this point, yeah. I would have been... Well, that's Very that's cool. what Chelsea's dad's philosophy is. I kid you not, he wears both of those things. Stop, 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 stop. Does right your dad now. have like blonde, any blonde tippy hair? No. You say like it's not that possible. Right, like in no, my mind, yeah. he's wearing an Ed Hardy no, shirt. No, no, it's not blonde tippy. It's sunning, dude. In, it's my, sun-in. Mind, in my mind, he's like perpetually sunburned because he's always out fishing and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's got like the frosted tips. Draw the whole picture because he's I, listening right now and he's having a heck of a time with this is. conversation. He's chuckling. He's still waiting for someone to Photoshop him on Rod Stewart's body. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's been waiting for that for a long yeah. time. <laughs> he's, I mean, he really is such a conundrum because he's a Midwestern guy. My whole family's from Iowa, and then he broke the mold and moved to Florida. He didn't like sport fishing and stuff? No. Really? No. He's, What's he into? <laughs> What's his hobbies? Like, like golf? 
Get married again? <laughs> really into getting married. Uh, he, he's just, a, he loves science. He like really loves nerdy things, loves National Geographic. Okay. Yeah. Oh, see, I thought he was the sport fishing guy that you always see at like, he's not. He at loves the outdoor the Iowa bars at the beach. And that's it. Iowa oh. Hawkeyes and science. Yeah. You know what? I could be down with that. I can. He's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> because Cameron, the guy you're describing is basically in my mind, like John Gruden. Like, yes, uh, you know what John I mean? Like, Blue's <laughs> bald hair. He's, he's, it could be dead of winter and he's wearing like a visor. Ooh, yeah. Out. Does he have a motorcycle? No. He did. And he almost, he got in a really tragic wreck when he married my mom. And oh, so I mean, did anybody he, die? Uh, no, but it could have so been. So it was almost it was tragic. tragic. Yeah. It was just a bummer. Nearly tragic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were having. Anybody lose a wing or anything? <laughs> no wings lost. Okay, so we're all. We got yeah. a, if you get every appendage after the wreck, you're fine. Yeah, totally. I yeah. think, but I mean, driving a convertible is like cool too, right? Oh, he's got a convertible? <gasps> yeah. Miata? Is it a Miata? Is it a Miata? No, it's a Jaguar. We've talked about this. Oh, oh that's yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a Jaguar or a new one? Uh, it's like a 90 something. It's oh, older. What color? Black. Okay, with okay. wood interior, it's this cool. Guy I don't is know. A wood interior. Mystery. He's see, a mystery. Now, but now that's fitting the John Gruden. I would see John Gruden riding the 1993 Jaguar yeah, down to the marina. Right, yeah. he got it the year the Bucks won, and that's <laughs> yeah. like you know, he's that's just locked in. It's his slash hat. <laughs> yeah. He's just gonna ride it out. <laughs> right, right. My dad has yeah. John Gruden accessories, but okay. like as an entity, is not anything interesting. Like him. Yeah. yeah, fascinating. Okay, well, lastly, in case you missed it, this week uh, it came out that the reporters behind Serial are making a new mysterious Ooh. true crime podcast that hopefully isn't as lame as season two of Serial. <laughs> I gave up on episode three. I, I didn't yeah. even try. Uh, they announced that their new show is called S-Town and it'll release soon. And the premise is intriguing. Here's the official synopsis. Production of S-Town began when a man reached out to this American life bitterly complaining about his small Alabama town. He wanted a reporter to investigate the son of a wealthy family who had allegedly been bragging that he got away with murder. Reporter yeah. Brian Reed. <laughs> reporter Brian Reed agreed to look into it, but then someone else ended up dead, and another story began to unfold Murder. about a nasty feud, a hunt for hidden treasure, and the mysteries of one man's life. That's hidden what the treasure. Bum, they had bum. okay at, at the at the two <laughs> murders. The I'm music. like okay. I'm I'm probably gonna listen. Hidden treasure. I'm in. I'm in. Enough said. Um, just stop me. <laughs> they should have led with hidden treasure. Yeah. Unlike, unlike serial, this is interesting. Which rolled out weekly and and teased everybody along. I'm so um, all eight episodes of S Town will drop at the same time in March, Netflix style. So you can uh, binge the entire mystery. But when no one's at work, you know why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but isn't it? But don't you think like it's a little bit different? Like binge listening to like. 10 hours of a podcast versus a TV show. Are you just sitting on the couch, like staring at your wall the whole time? Like it just doesn't seem like the same experience to me. No, only if you're like doing a transatlantic flight. Yeah. Is yeah. Gonna if be you're traveling or if you're running a day of errands by yourself or something. I think, yeah, yeah. I actually think errands. it's more conducive to like living life out in the real world. Cause if you're on Netflix, you can't leave your home. Right. But if you're listening to a podcast, go up well, and get I have groceries. Netflix on my phone. I could walk around with Netflix. I can go on a road trip. He, I put Netflix on the dashboard. He That's does. Awesome. We talked about this a long time ago. He plays TV in his car which is why someday Chandler will be hosting the show. <laughs> <laughs> Look out, there's a guy in a Tommy Bahama shirt on a motorcycle. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it for In Case You Missed It. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices.
You're listening to Arcade Fire. The song is I Give You Power. It's featuring Mavis Staples from their upcoming album we're very excited about. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Young the Giant with Silver Tongue, which is what we have. <laughs> okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? Okay, so have you guys ever been driving down the highway and you see like the Department of Transportation, your local Department of Transportation would like put up pithy little yes. uh, messages on the highway reminding you to like buckle up or not drink and yeah. drive or whatever? Yes, yes. They are the worst. Am I wrong? They're the worst. They're spelled incorrectly 75% of the time. They try to rhyme and they never do. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, They're just terrible, terrible puns. Right. You know, just, it makes me, it makes me sometimes want to unbuckle out of spite. Right. <laughs> right. But then <laughs> I think, oh, I love my family and I want right. to make it, but yeah. I just, you know. But, but, but again, that pun is so terrible, you know, yeah. that I, I'm going to unbuckle out of spite and drive by one of the traffic cameras, point to my unbuckle and point up to the sign to yep, let yep. you know this is because of that terrible pun. Thanks a lot. Opposite intended purpose. Well, the Arizona Department of Transportation seems to have uh, uh, figured out that this isn't their forte. You know, if they want to pass traffic laws or enforcement or, or, or work on drive time, they, they can handle that. They are outsourcing pun messages to drivers in the area. So what they've done is they've set up a website, az.gov, so azdot.gov, slash sign contest, and they're accepting submissions for pith- oh wait that was oh okay, wait so it's az dot dot gov so it's the word dot spelled out <laughs> yeah yeah oh, so, like so department like, of transportation uh, yeah. department of transportation yeah so az dot dot gov for az dot don't type in az period period v dot here so it's kind of throwing me off but anyway uh so you can you can go and you can submit and what what they'll do is they'll pick some winners and they'll actually replace the bad puns and I've thought I've put a lot of thought into this. To be fair, it's not easy to come up with a a traffic pun, right? right. I've been thinking about it a lot. Right. But I think this is a unique opportunity uh, <laughs> for the church yeah. to make a say, statement because we have who, yeah, we have people, in our arsenal yeah. in our in the body of Christ people with a very unique spiritual gifting. I'm not talking about seers. <laughs> I am talking about the greatest pun wizards in the That's world. That's true. Uh-huh. Right. It's true. The, the people. Scott, the people. Yeah. That do the church marquees. Yeah. Use the gospel at all the time to- at all times when necessary. Use some puns. You're telling me the guy who wrote "We're all about that grace, about that grace, no devil" can't come up with a good traffic sign here? Right. Yeah, the guy who wrote oh, uh, that's bad. Wait, "What's missing from ch underscore underscore ch?" You are. Yeah. You know. Okay, exactly. This is guy okay. This is an opportunity to like because you know like sometimes oh. Christians get a bad rap in culture, but they can be like, listen, look, these signs show that that we're missing something. We need to get. Back in the church, they have people that are this gifted. Also, I like the angle of like the dude whose job it is to come up with the puns, and they're like, seriously, Frank, we're we're doing uh, uh, hello from the other side. Buckle up and stay alive. That's that's your best. And he's like, you know what? Shut up. You think it's easy? You do it. And they just crowdsource it. But the, the church Seven has an days opportunity. God here. makes one week. But the problem is, Jesse, is like some of the people oh, who aspire to be. You know, you like right the now? clever, wow. the clever church people, journal. and they don't quite get it right. Like I saw one that said, "Don't let worries kill you; let the church help." And he didn't quite understand. Like that. the church isn't going to kill yeah, you, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, or, or like one the, church we said, love hurting people. Yeah, we love like, hurting people. I get what they're saying, but the, the yeah. execution. <laughs> Pastors love celebration, meeting. March fifteenth, sixteenth, climaxing March seventeenth. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that oh, we only geez. want our best oh, and brightest. We want the guy who wrote, "No, we're not Baskin Robbins," but our Sundays. 
are pretty great. Yeah, we don't. We don't know what. We don't want the guy who came up with. Uh, Do you know what hell is? Come here, our preacher. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we we want. Does your life stink? We have a pew for you. We want yeah. that guy. Yeah. To, we want that guy representing <laughs> to drivers all over the state of Arizona. This is what these. This is the kind of intellectual stimulation you have if you start visiting church on Sunday. Mm. I see this as a great opportunity. A ministry. Uh, yeah, this is, and like I said, it just shows. This is you time know, for the church to be the church. Be in Go the world out, and not yeah, of it. Yeah, influence culture. <laughs> yeah, our church yeah. is like brownies, sweet with a few nuts. See, we can even be self-deprecating yeah. and jokey with it. I mean, even <laughs> the, the ones of like us, okay? the clever warnings, because it's a warning <laughs> situation with the seatbelts. Uh, like Grace Baptist Church, uh, choose the bread of life, or you are toast. So, see that kind <laughs> of right. that kind of pre. But that's you know, going to bring them in. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it'll get you to buckle up, maybe. You know, if they. I if, think Jesse was trying to figure out a way to read his favorite church signs for weeks and found a real loose way to shoehorn it into a slice and it worked. I gotta yeah. say, it hey, worked perfectly. Congrats. God is like let, Spider-Man. Let, get keep, tangled in his web going, of Jesse. love. That's timely. Wait for the new Spider-Man and do that. Lint. Lint. Timely. Lint. Not just for belly buttons. Um. hi <laughs> How about this? How about this? If we're promoting the big church uh, family fish fry, our yeah. cod is an awesome cod. <laughs> Jesse, what you can't see is Jesse right now has that like old printer paper that's all attached together and he's like got boxes of it and he's scrolling through. So like, we can't interrupt him because he's got 400 see, more. The thing is, is we got to get the ones where it's like a warning. You know, again, this is the Department of Transportation in Arizona. We've, we are warning you. This is yeah. life and death. Yeah. You know, so like those churches, those church sign writers who have that kind of edge is who we're needing to sign up. Like the Epworth United Methodist Church, uh, they went with party in hell canceled due to fire. See, it's all oh. warning, warning, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, th- th- again, I just want, I just want to put our church sign, the, the best and the brightest on notice. This is an opportunity. I don't care if you live in Arizona or not. I don't know the rules. I don't care about the rules and neither should you <laughs> go to this website az.gov simple as that I don't know how you can confuse it the way I'm saying it and start (laughs) (laughs) and start start, what happens in Vegas is forgiven here there you go some people need that you know yeah uh, uh, Oak Grove uh, Landmark Missionary Baptist Church uh, Walmart is not the only saving place Mm. you know Mm. that's (laughs) that's good Real talk. Uh, Cher- Cherry Street AME Zion Church got sin. Drop it like it's hot. <laughs> oh, no. That one's pretty good. I get that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a culture reference. All parking violators will be baptized. That that one's not even that clever, but uh, maybe they actually what? Do yeah, <laughs> what? Say that again. All parking violators will be baptized. That they're phoning it in that week. I don't want that guy. So there's that no guy, whoever con- wrote that. Don't, don't 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 ruin our good name here. We're trying to. You know. <laughs> How about awful. this? How about this? Work for Jesus. The benefits are. Out of this world. Hello, he's talking about heaven. He's talking about heaven. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know. I, I, uh, Richardson East Baptist Church. Uh, Texas heat, seasonal. Hell's heat forever. Mm. That's just straight up. That like, one's rude. Yeah. Just, that one just hurts feelings. Hey, uh, can, Lint is coming. Get your ash in church. <laughs> that church that respectfully must be closed. Autumn hey, leaves. Hey, Jesus doesn't. Uh, hey, hey, Cameron, need a yeah. new look? Yeah. Come on in for a faith lift. It sounds like you have a lisp. Faith left. It sounds like you're trying to do a Drew Barrymore impersonation. I'm all, yeah. Uh, 
kind of a specific <laughs> okay, joke. Okay, about this? Bring your spiritual marshmallows this Sunday. Our preacher is on fire for Jesus. No. Oh. <laughs> oh. God expects uh, spiritual fruit, not religious nuts. <laughs> I, I literally, I, I feel like I'm in the middle of Jeremiah's ghost story, just waiting for it to end. It's well, just, we're just this, giving Chandler this, options of a few right, no, no, keep. No, 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 keep everything. This is a terrible, awful thing. And I like the no, worst part of it to no, me but, but is not Eddie, that they Eddie, exist, they, but that they're they were literally, you, what opportunity are these people who they're out there every week? <laughs> Like literally every single week, they have to think of a new pun to put out there. What opportunity do they have people literally asking them to come up with some, you know? Mm. All right. There you go. All right. What do you have, Chelsea? Um, I have a delightful story all the way from the Philippines this week. Uh, You know, you know, uh, the Philippines uh, is our seventh highest readership like location is it really of the website well we're about to spike really this story yeah there's a big young christian (laughs) movement over there uh singapore is like our number two or number three city and then the philippines manila and all that huge movement huge christian movement out there wow and they and a lot of them read english and stuff and so they they well shout out to my honestly right now i mean we hear from philippines podcast listeners quite often yeah so everybody Wow. Well, I hope Anika is listening because I have a story about her. Hey, Anika. She has been buzzing all over the internet because her boyfriend, uh, she's 19 years old, they're in high school, gave her a bouquet of chicken nuggets, which, (laughs) if you ask me, is a million times better than receiving a bouquet of flowers. Because flowers don't really do. I mean, they're pretty for a while and then they die. Chicken nuggets, you at least get to enjoy for yourself. Am I right? So the story has been bouncing all over the Internet about Anika and Guinado. Nailed it. Thank you. Been practicing all morning. (laughs) Um, February. Who told her boyfriend that she uh, should he ever give her or want to give her flowers, that she would rather have a bouquet of nuggets. Uh, And. Apparently, because the first time the couple hung out before they started dating was at McDonald's and they shared chicken nuggets and realized that they fell in love. Um, yeah, it's got to be like pretty just. It would look like an awesome blossom, I would think. Yeah, oh, that's a great point. Yeah. I think which he, is which is awesome. There's another great pun because <laughs> it is awesome. That blossom. I, I dare so you to take awesome. a bite of awesome blossom and go. Okay, they're right. That's totally awesome. <laughs> that sauce. I don't know what that sauce is. It tastes like kind of sour mayonnaise. But yeah. holy cow, man, that is sour awesome. Awesome. I believe I, I rumalot. Isn't that what it's called? That sauce is amazing. I got one word for this blossom. Oh, it's awesome. great. Oh, no, it's awesome. It's really good. It's a really good blossom. Delightful blossom. Yeah. Tasty. From the pic, the, she uploaded the picture uh, to Twitter holding her bouquet of nuggets, and the internet went wild. Her picture got retweeted over 30,000 times wow. within a week. Huh. Uh, not only that, but McDonald's caught wind of the story about the chicken nugget bouquet and the two students and their story of falling in love at McDonald's. <laughs> and so they set them up on a chicken McNugget date at their high school and catered chicken nuggets to them. Just like the two candlelight, of them? candlelight, yeah, in the middle of their <laughs> school cafeteria. Uh, cute, also super embarrassing. It, yeah. I think it's adorable. I think in Wait, high school... how is she 19 and still in high school? Now you've brought up What's a good going point. on? Yeah. I have no... This That's is not sophomore something. in college. Yeah. Uh, I, I I'm not familiar enough with yeah, the yeah. Philippine education system, but... <laughs> All right, what do you have, Eddie? Um, so, I don't want to get political, right? but yes, this is do. not political. <laughs> this is about pizza. And so, yes, hold on to it. Somebody... God. In Utah, needed to get a hold of Senator Orrin Hatch. And like many people do when they are calling their senator, picked up the phone. That's what I do. 
Try to call, right? You right. got an issue? You want to talk about something? Yeah. You want to talk about haunted been, I've been seeing the number for the Senate like retweeted all yeah. week. No uh, like, hey, everybody, I called my like, senator recently. Right. Yeah. Too. Yeah. We live in a republic. We're able to call our elected officials and influence outcomes. So um, one woman in Utah tried to call Senator Orrin Hatch about an issue. And she kept calling and calling and calling. And Julia... Was she like the 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 Department of Transportation puns have gotten terrible? Please outsource this. <laughs> Please vote no on Department I'm, I'm of Transportation. I'm driving down Main Street and four churches have gold out there. Click it or ticket. Come on, we're better than this. Click it or ticket. Um, and so Julia and did not get frustrated. Well, yeah. maybe she did get frustrated, but she was not deterred. Right. She picked up the phone and did what any reasonable American would do. Right. She ordered a pizza delivered to Orrin Hatch's office. Yes. <laughs> and inside of that pizza, ham and pineapple, obviously. I feel like that's, that's obviously what we're going to order, even though you're kind of sticking pull. it to him at that point because he opens right. the pizza. It's like, oh, man, ham and pineapple. Yeah, my hopes up. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. dude. You should have answered <laughs> the phone. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the grossest pizza. I got you the grossest pizza they had. Yeah. We would have done a vegan pepperoni and mushroom <laughs> if you had answered the phone, but alas, <laughs> hey, ham and hold pineapple. the sauce for him. Make sure he doesn't know until he takes the first bite that there's not even <laughs> yeah. sauce on there. Send him one of those passive aggressive move yeah. send one of those terrible white pizzas with gluten-free crust Ugh. that's that's how you got to live your life <laughs> senator hatch answer the phone uh so anyhow she got a put a note in a pizza sent the pizza to Orrin hatch's office the staff respectfully declined the pizza because they didn't order yeah, what it. A, and what if it was poisoned i mean yeah. i think that's exactly why right, right? you yeah, can't yeah. just you can't consider it a bribe uh, I, I think she's like asking for something specific. I don't know. Yeah, true. That's a great, I, th- I think lobbying rules probably have a higher price threshold than a, than a pizza when it comes to yeah. politics, which is the first point of the story that I'd like to camp on really quickly, because if someone just sent a pizza to my house, I'd be like, yeah, sure. What the heck? Thanks so much. <laughs> I'll take a bite I mean, of it before they, I feed it to there, the kids. There's, probably, there's like an 85% chance this is poison, but there's like a 15. It's totally yeah. fine. And but, how delicious know, would a I'll pizza be? pineapples off. I don't care. <laughs> so the, the uh, pizza was declined, but the note got through. Apparently it was posted on social media and Julia finally got a reply yeah. from Senator Hatch um, about the issue that she cared about. And so I just feel like the lesson for today in this political climate is, uh, you know, pizza it shouldn't take pizza it shouldn't take it but it does i tell you uh we've had uh people we get when we post job openings we get a lot of applications yeah and and i guess some people out there feel compelled that they need to stand out from the stack yeah Yeah. and uh, multiple times over the years we've had pizzas delivered to the office with uh resumes taped to the underside of the the lid Uh oh yeah cool and the staff thinks it's hilarious, and I won't look at the resume. No way. Like, I, don't, I, I just don't want that. No. Come on. I got to say, we get... You can't uh, cut in line. Sometimes we get yeah. books, and people, like, on the upon their book release to get you to review it, will put, like... Gifts and m- Gifts and stuff. I'm yeah. like, just write an awesome just book. Just write a great book that, like, I can't help but talk about. Unless the book is about pizza, then it's acceptable. Yeah. Because I'm assuming while I'm eating it, this pizza's going to come up. There you go. All right, well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Ira Glass joins us.
You're listening to Future Islands. The song is Ran. Good album. Ira Glass is the creator and host of the legendary public radio show, This American Life. For more than 20 years, the radio show and now podcast have covered a wide range of topics from politics and relationships to religion and social justice, all with an emphasis on high-quality journalism and compelling storytelling. It, uh, this American Life is the epitome of driveway radio. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like you're listening to a segment and you, it, you've gotten home mm-hmm. and you sit you in your sit driveway <laughs> yeah. to listen to the segment resolved. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, so true. True. it's that good. Uh, we've noticed that the show is telling more and more stories about Christians, it seems like. Um, so we spoke to Ira about the show's fascination with Christians, what the media gets wrong about people of faith and how, even though he's an atheist, Jesus taught him how to be a great storyteller. Here's part of our conversation with Ira Glass. I feel like you you have like a big listenership among Christians. I mean, I know it regularly comes up in conversations that I have with people that I go to church with that, hey, did you hear this recent episode of This American Life? Because I feel like what you guys are tapping into is truth. And, you know, truth is truth, no matter what your worldview is. So I wanted to, I wanted to uh, you know, unpack that a little bit, that it's interesting that you say that you feel like Christians get a bad rap in the media because it feels like a lot of the stories that you guys do about people of faith really counter some of those stereotypes. Are those stories that that you guys seek out? Well, there was a period where we absolutely did, but it was kind of an early period of the show. Like it was a period like 15 years ago. I remember there was one where I went on a mission trip, and I feel like that was like kind of at the height of it. Teenagers got got 1999. Oh, wow. so that's a really long time ago. Yeah. So so yeah. So it was like our, it was like the fourth year we were on the air, and and around that time, like I just I just was just very aware that like at the radio station we were at at WBEZ, like like you know it's Chicago, so a lot of people are really devout and and. Uh, and uh, and mostly evangelical, you know, like, yeah. like not, you know, like some Catholics, but like, but like, like you know, it's it's Chicago, and um, and there were a few people, uh, who, you know, on the staff who were like like really Christian in a way that that you know, like it was the, like uh, they were out with the Christianity um, in a way that was really lovely, and that, and you know, people who I really adored and just seemed like model model people and model Christians in every way. And who I really love talking to in general, but also about religion. And I was aware that the way that Christians were portrayed in the media, in the news, and in and in fiction, uh, in the movies and on TV, seemed totally disconnected from the actual Christians in my life. Yeah. And that and that and that. I mean, I've said this before, like and been quoted on this before a bunch of times. But like, but that like in the media, it just seemed like whenever there was a Christian character, it was like the most doctrinaire, stiff neck you know doesn't listen to anybody kind of corny version of an intolerant person and every Christian I knew was exactly the opposite of that great listeners super concerned about people utterly compassionate and and I was like wow there's a whole there's a whole thing here that isn't being documented and since I'm a documentary producer I just felt like well that's a huge area that basically the media isn't doing a great job documenting so that's obviously like a great area for me to be doing stories in because I felt like the rest of the media was getting it wrong and and uh, and that there just wasn't much 
press about just the normal way that most people of faith live their lives. And, and like, I remember being struck like there was there was this movie Three Kings years ago, yeah. and, uh, and and in the movie one of the characters at some point um, something's going to happen, and he just goes off and prays about it. And it wasn't even like a plot point, you know, like it wasn't like a plot point in the movie. It's just like this is a character with faith, and he went off and prayed on it, and then like the next thing happened. I was just like, I, I when that happened, I realized like I have never seen that in a movie of like the normal thing that that millions of people do. You know what I mean? Like every day in this country, I was like, how is it that like I'm this old and I have literally never seen that in a movie? That the point wasn't like, oh my God, he's going to pray on it and now, like he's going to get something from it and everything's going to change in this story, or like you know, it wasn't like a plot point in the movie. It was just like he's a normal person, and he prays. Like yeah. that's like that's a lot of people, and so 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 this is sort of all out of an impulse that came from that. I have to say, like, that was sort of like, you know, as a show, like, we'll get obsessed with something for a while, and then we won't be obsessed with it anymore. So that was like a, a kind of like a, a minor obsession for a while to do stories on that, just because I felt like, well, nobody's doing this very well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, looking at the thing, yeah, there was a show that we did in 2000 called Prey. Um, yeah, like, there was like, there was like a bunch of stuff we were doing, because I just felt like this is done so badly in the press. But I feel like it's been years since that. Now, now I feel like when it comes up, you like we're not doing we're not intentionally looking for stories like that. It's just in the normal mix of stories. If you're doing stories in America, yeah, includes you know obviously includes people of faith, and you know then when we cover it, we try to cover it and just document their actual experience. Well, the the one recently that really stuck with me was the he was it was a morning radio show host, and I maybe I hope I'm not butchering any of the details, but it was basically a morning radio show host who was sure, an evangelical. Yeah, 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 yeah. The South Carolina story that Zoe did. That guy, um, his name is uh, his name is uh, Tony Beam, yeah. and it was a story we did back in January. Yeah, uh, a wonderful talk show host, and uh, yeah, 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 like yeah, like you know, like we were interested in it from his point of view, and because we because we felt convinced. Yeah, no, a lot of people are going through this right now. Yeah, there's there was another story years ago. Uh, it was called Heretics, and it was the full hour was dedicated to it. Again, like what I feel like some of these stories captured is real is nuance where Christians a lot of times are painted very black and white where you're really finding complicated people dealing with complex emotions and trying to equate it with their worldview you know do you feel like it has changed the perception of christians in a way that from when people listen to one of these stories maybe it challenges their idea of what people of faith actually think i mean i would like to believe that people who don't see Christians that way hear our stories and understand that that's a way that they can look at them too. Because yeah. <laughs> I think that we're portraying things accurately. Yeah. You know, and, but I feel that about all of our stories, you know, whether we're doing refugees in refugee camps or, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, kids getting shot by the police. Like, like I feel, I, you know, I, I feel like it's no different with, with Christians. Like, I feel like I have no idea if, if we have any effect. Like, it's weird. Like, I feel like, I think really if, if, if listening to the radio changes anyone's perception it's just a little nudge you yeah. know what I mean like yeah. like like you know the very best that media can do is like give you kind of a little like a little nudge or like kind of open a door and say like look here's a thing inside that you can choose to take seriously or not
when you guys are looking for these stories to tell what elements that whether it's a, a story about uh, you know someone of faith or whether it's you know from anywhere in the spectrum of American life what are the elements that you're looking for that you know that this is a good story that people need to hear well, we're looking for a couple things. There has to be a plot. That is, there has to be somebody in a situation and something happens. So, for example, with that guy, uh, Tony in South Carolina, the radio yeah. host, like he's in a situation, he has listeners who love him, he loves them, they always listen to what he says. One day, he just assumes they're all with him. Like, we don't like this Trump guy. Obviously, we're going for Cruz or somebody who believes in God in a way that we understand. And uh, and his listeners are not with him at all. And he just has no idea. And there's pushback. And, just, and there's one chapter after another, as like Trump says, one more outrage thing after another and each time he thinks like well now my audience is going to understand like I was right and they were wrong and just he doesn't win them over at all and just it gets worse and worse like you need a plot so, so what we're looking for is there's a plot the plot has to be surprising um, it has to drive at some idea about the world that you haven't heard before and it doesn't have to be a profound idea it just has to be kind of like an interesting thought yeah. you know and uh, and uh, and then uh, and then for a radio story there has to be at least one person at the center of it who you can relate to and like because without that there's no emotion um, and again just thinking about that Tony Beam story like like one of the things that was lovely about it was that that not only was Tony just somebody who was so easy to relate to and you just you know you just you just hear him and you just feel like yeah I, I see how you feel that way but then one of his listeners you know his number one Trump supporter listener was also I found like super charming contrarian like wonderful funny guy you hear him and you kind of love him too yeah. you know what I mean like so there's two people to relate to and they're on opposite sides of the thing like that's a kind of a dream situation and so there's got to be somebody to relate to generally there's got to be somebody who's a good talker because it's radio it's really hard to do a, a good radio story by people who, where, where, there's, where there's at least one good talker and um, and then you know extra credit if it's funny at the beginning extra credit if it's like sad at the end uh, so those are the things we're looking for at the heart like it's got to be surprising plot's got to be surprising ideas got to be surprising somebody to relate to is the, are the key things some of the stories that you've done lately that I know when I talk to some of my friends and it's not just Christians, but I know younger, more progressive Christians, you know, are, are you know, exposing and doing something about social injustice is very important because they see that, you know, we see that as a faith issue, as something that we're, and that's not exclusive to Christians, obviously. But, you right. know, there's been a series, the the ones about the education system, uh, the refuge, refugee crisis, the female genital mutilation uh, that, you know, really kind of expose some of these more complex issues. When you guys tackle a story like that, are you, is your goal to enact change or is it just to kind of tell the story to allow the audience to understand something that they might not have been exposed to? I mean, it's not our job to enact change, just yeah. to say. Like, like, and I'm somebody, like, I got into journalism, like, in my 20s, like, wanting to change the world. But I feel like, like, I learned, like, within the first few years, like, it's, like, it's really rare for, for journalism to ever change anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's very, it's a very specialized situation where it does, you know, and, and most journalism, especially at the level that we're at, where, like, you know, we have millions of listeners, but we're not, like, 60 minutes or something, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, like, like, I feel like, you know, if you're 60 minutes and you expose, like, a car company whose cars are dangerous, obviously that changes the world for, you know, like, for that car company and for, you know, just, like, legislation happens and people go to prison and stuff. Like, that's the most specialized version where it does change the world. But the kind of thing we're doing, where all we're doing is, like, mostly, like, you know, portraits of people and stories from real people's lives. You know, like, I, you know, 
to think that you're changing the world, I think, just is pretentious. Yeah. And um, and you know, and when we do these very missiony stories on female genital mutilation or on refugees, um, you know, like often our impulse, like what what makes us want to do it, is is, is I feel like I or as members of the staff, we feel like oh, this is something that like when people talk about it, they they just have it wrong. You know what I mean? Like people mm-hmm. just don't have the right picture of this. And um, and so let's go in there and like give them the right picture. Like and you know, we'll see stuff that'll make us mad. You know what I mean? Like like just, people just don't even understand this. Yeah. You know, like 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 and uh, and 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 we just need to say like no, the, like these people who you're talking about are people too. You know whether whether like whoever they are. I mean, what, one of the things, honestly, like that 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 uh, made us do like a set of stories about Trump uh, Trump supporters this year is that is that we felt like the way the press covered the Trump supporters wasn't from inside the experience of the Trump supporters. And we really wanted to get inside that experience and like make, find people who were super relatable and yeah. just like make people understand like, no, no, this is a normal thing. Like this is, this is, you know, like most of the Republican party and between a third and half of the country at any given day. And like, these are normal people who want this. So like, let's, let's meet them. Let's I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I'm saying this, it feels very pretentious even to say this. And with the refugee stuff, I feel like I learned so much by meeting the refugees who we met in refugee camps in Greece that I didn't know, even though I was following the coverage really, really hard. For example, like the most, honestly, like the most basic thing I didn't know, which, which, which is like, like most of them, like, not most of them, but like so many of them ha- had a kind of PTSD, mm. you know, like, like they were living in a war zone. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like they were living in like houses, their house was like in constant, they were bombing around their house and yeah. shelling for months and months and months. They got little kids who like started wetting the bed, even though they're too old to wet the bed and like I haven't stopped now since, even though they're at safety and just like, you know, people got really traumatized. And also I think, although I knew this, it didn't really hit me in kind of a chemical way of like, oh, these are middle class people. Like these are people just like us. Like they're just like us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 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 so, you know, like, 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 I mean, I say this in one of the shows, like everybody's like, oh, you want to see my house? Like, they pull out their cell phone. They like scroll through the photos and it's just like, it's, it's just like, like, you know, just like, if, right. If my house got bombed, I take a picture of my cell phone. Like, it's totally, it was like, it was like, a, I don't know. I hadn't thought about like, right. Like they, they had jobs, they had a house. You know what I mean? Like they had a dog. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like, they're, they're like, they're, there's like, I just think the deepness of how like, this is just like some family and their kids, like every family and their kids that we know. And then like, you know, and also the most hated people in Europe, you know, say it's like, these yeah. are the Syrian, you know, these are the Syrians that nobody wants to come in the United States. Like, you know, this mom with her five kids and her seven year old who's wetting the bed. And you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like there was something, there's something about it where you just feel like, no, 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 everybody's, everybody's got this wrong. Or like, nobody's taking these people, nobody's giving certain people like the dignity that they would give them if they met them. I was Ira Glass. For more of this conversation and a, and, and a lot more, uh, go check out the cover story in the current issue of Relevant Magazine. Yeah. It's out now. Because I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you when you're gone. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you when you're gone. You're listening to James Hersey. The song is Miss You. 
Rapper and producer Andy Minio is one of Christian hip-hop's biggest names, and his latest album, Uncomfortable, hit number one on the Billboard Christian Music Charts. He's currently in the studio working on a highly anticipated follow-up, and he's also preparing for the Montana <laughs> the Montana Nice Lodge fishing retreat that we thought we were doing it, with Jesse being there will turn into something very yeah, different. I'm burning, down, I'm burning down the cabins night one and this is going to be we'll see how, we'll see how many of these tough survive. guys leave with me. Yeah, so hopefully his album's going to come out. <laughs> well, we've done this segment a few times uh, on the show where we have uh, artists that we love and respect come on and give us kind of a, a look under the hood about kind of the music that shaped them and made them the artists that they are. We've had John Mark McMillan, Lauren Daigle, and with Andy, uh, he's one of the he's one of these rappers in the Christian hip hop scene that's actually making great music, and uh, and we want to know what music influenced him and made him the artist that he is today. So, telling us some of the songs that changed his life and shaped his career, here is Andy Minio. That Eminem, the Marshall Matters LP, almost everything on there I loved. There was a song with uh, Royce the Five Nine and Eminem called uh, Bad Meets Evil. And it was a back and forth record where they would both rap back and forth and they would trade off lines. And I just thought it was so crazy to hear their camaraderie, them going back and forth and uh, them going bar for bar and coming up with the wittiest, craziest stuff, you know, I had ever heard. Um, that was, that was really like watching a sparring match. That was like watching two top tier athletes competing, but on audio. In the ghetto dismissal, I'm not a fair man. Disgrace the race of an atheist, intercepting missiles with my bare hands like a patriot. One track sight without source. I buried the Christ corpse in my past life when the black knight mounted the white horse. And stay overworked. It's like the Nazis in the nation collaborate and attempting to take over. Another big one for me was, uh, I went, at the time I was rapping and I went and I opened up at Syracuse University for some artists that were coming through. And one of the guys I opened up for, his name was Immortal Technique. He's an artist out of New York City. And um, he he had a song called, I think it's called like Dance with the Devil. And he tells this story on stage and I had never heard the song before. And he tells the story and basically the story is about this kind of like crooked um, thief that's like in New York City and he uh, he goes to rob a woman and in the end he finds out that the woman he robbed was his own mother because it was dark at night and he couldn't see um, and you know the, the story is very twisted and, and crazy but I just remember being so impacted when I heard it for the first time and I was like hanging on to every word because of the way he was telling the story and Again, the impact that that left on me was like, wow, by this guy's music and the words that this man wrote, he literally transported me into another place and headspace and made me um, visualize and imagine worlds that I had never seen before. Other people, he fiended for props like addicts with pipes and needles, and so he felt he had to prove to everyone he was evil. A feeble minded young man with infinite potential, the product of a ghetto bred capitalistic mental. Coincidentally, dropped out of school to sell weed, dancing with the devil. So I came to faith right around that time, about 14 or so. Um, and I went to a camp one summer 
when my sister had um, invited me to come. She was working there as like a, a counselor. And basically it was a camp, uh, a summer camp that took inner city foster kids from New York City and brought them into a camp to get away from, you know, their crazy environments for a week. You know, and a lot of these kids were coming from uh, homes with uh, parents who were addicts or coming from um, really bad domestic violence stuff. So they, it was an attempt to bring kids in and, and just give them another view of life by getting them out into the woods and zip lining and going into the pond and, and all that stuff. And so um, I went because my sister said there would be girls there and zip lining and water. And so I was like, okay, I'll go. And that was the first time the counselors were trying to be, you know, positive influence and, and point me to some music that wasn't, you know, Eminem or Immortal Technique at the time. And they played a called Cross Movement. It was a it was a Christian rap group, and I was shocked that it was uh, good <laughs> because I had never thought that that was. Um, possible to hear people who had faith creating music that I'd ever want to listen to because I always associated people of faith with like hymns and, and worship songs that I wasn't really into you know I was listening to them and I remember, I don't even remember what the song was, but it was pretty impactful. Uh, actually, I do. It was called What Do You See by Ambassador. And basically, this is again another storyline song. The Ambassador was a member of the group called Cross Movement. And he told the story of the crucifixion um, of Jesus. And it starts off with, uh, hit the clink of the nails is a nastiest man, bashest man, bruise and harass this man, right? And he goes on to talking about the whole, um, basically crucifixion process of him carrying the cross up the hill and finally being nailed to it and then, you know, gambling for his garments. And that was, uh, again, another storyline record that really brought me into a place and left a big impact on me. The only song I think I'd also want to mention from mine is a record that's pretty special to me. It took me... Uh, I've had the concept for a long time and it took me about two years to finally get it out. It was a song called Hear My Heart, um, which is a dedication to my sister Grace, who's deaf. And uh, I had I had the idea for the song when I was working on Neverland, which was 2013 I was working on Neverland. And um, I had the idea for the song and I was trying to find the, I actually recorded a version of it that was totally different than this version. And it just didn't sound right, it didn't fit. And then, uh, you know, I finally found the right version of it in 2015 when I was working on Uncomfortable. In 2014, 2015. And um, the song is for my sister Grace, who was born deaf. And the whole, the whole record is my apology to her for not learning sign language. Um, and I always knew from the beginning when I made the song that I wanted to make the video with it. So it was a visual audio piece being made 
simultaneously. Um, and I wanted to do the, the whole music video in sign language and, and show her, you know, I took the time to learn it, to, to show her I'm sorry and that I love her. And uh, that record just gotten great response and the video's gotten great response because um, it's something that a lot of people have dealt with uh, in the deaf community. And then beyond that, um, you know, just people feeling like, man, I haven't taken the time to love the people closest to me. Uh, in a way that show them that they mean something or I haven't considered some of their hardships or some of what they go through in a way that would show them that I, I, I'm willing to care for them and go out of my way to care for them. So that record is really special to me and I think it's uh, one of my favorites that I've ever made, for sure. was Andy Minio. We actually have a much longer recording with Andy than what you just heard. Um, a little foreshadowing. Mm. We might have some plans for content yeah. like that um, that you might be hearing more about in the coming month or so. So a yeah. little, little, little foreshadowing, a little, <laughs> teaser. A little <laughs> teaser right there of artists talking about music. Mm. Could be fun. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, feedback. Thundercat. The song is Show You the Way and it is featuring, yes, Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins. This is the most incredible song perfect. that has ever been made. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week we asked you um, what is your most awkward social media story? Uh, you guys went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You also hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast uh, and told us some of the, your most awkward social media stories. Uh, here are a few of our favorites. Uh, Colin said uh, when he was working up the courage to tell his now wife that he liked her, he received an odd like on one of its old Instagram fo- photos with his ex-girlfriend. Oh, snap. From so it was a picture of him with his ex-girlfriend, but it was from his future and mother-in-law. So the girl he's working up to the courage to tell her like. So, you know, behind the scenes, he's he's suddenly thinking that this was a not so subtle way from for the mother mother of saying, stay away from my daughter. I mean, how else would you how literally else would you interpret that? Like That's you're true. about to tell this girl you like her. Her mom likes an old Instagram photo of you and your ex-girl friend that's a sweet like, passive aggressive mother-in-law <laughs> yeah that's pretty good I, do you guys know friends who like when they stop dating you guys are married you don't have single friends but chelsea <laughs> i'm asking you do your friends when they stop dating somebody do they go back and scrub that person from their instagram feed 
I have friends who adamantly don't do that be- because I think they just want to be. That's part of their life journey. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have that's, people that's, who who like very adamantly do that. I, I've had people, friends who, you know, she would go and she did that. She broke up with a guy. She scrubbed them completely. And yeah. then they got back together six weeks later. Mm-hmm. And now your entire yeah. memory history yeah. is gone. I feel like once you're married, maybe, yeah, like yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. need Out to be respect, reminded right. that yeah. you were, I don't know. And you, don't want your, you don't want your new mother-in-law going to like them. <laughs> right. right. You know, <laughs> but, but it turned out in this, in this instance, it was, it was, she claims it was a mistake mm. that uh, she was just stalking him and didn't mean to like it. Didn't know how to unlike. Joel wrote, I once posted on a married man's Facebook wall. Thanks so much for crazy love. I really enjoyed it. One of his friends commented, uh, this post needs to be clarified. <laughs> he was referring to crazy love by Francis Chan. <laughs> that he's let me. An uncorrected <laughs> proof. An uncorrected proof with a wooden stake in it. And he deleted the whole post. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, was funny. Uh, I, few- love the, I love the friend that's just like, um... What? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for crazy love. Okay. Josh said a few years ago, he started a new job as a worship pastor and he was in the middle of band rehearsal one Sunday morning and met to text his then fiance. And here's the procrastinating. (laughs) Why are they practicing on Sunday morning? Why don't you do it? Like get prepared earlier than that. Well, that's, that's another man. A lot of churches do that. I'm like, like come in at 5am sort of a thing. I know it's crazy town. Like do a Wednesday night rehearsal. Technically it's a, it would be a sound check, but it's like a run through rehearsal before you, before the service. Yeah, All it's right. like how yeah. hard is it to have the drummer count you in and everybody just plays their mashes on their chords at the same time for <laughs> okay. 12 verses. They're at soundtrack, whatever. They're 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 rushing it. Okay, they just vamped. Laura, lift your name on high the whole service because they didn't prepare on Wednesday night. One more time. Okay, they he texted his then fiance. He's putting on the Ritz. Yeah, where are you at, babe? Question mark. Sweet smiley face, heart emoji. Uh, when he realized that he didn't uh, uh, send it to the right thing, he actually posted it on his new boss slash pastor's Instagram message. (laughs) (laughs) The contacts and the phone, uh, he wasn't paying attention because he was trying to rehearse and text at the same time. He responded a few hours later with, huh? And Josh added, I was fired three months later, probably (gasps) not connected. Oh. It's either that or your lack of preparation, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the, the fact inappropriate that you text or lack of bo- preparation. Yeah, you're not even bothering to practice and get ready. Maybe that had something to do with it. Um, please, uh, I would like to thank Clara Alston for coming to my defense. She said she doesn't know how to describe the brilliance of the brilliance either. But uh, and so stop making when fun the of words me. and the music <laughs> it's like, and the, <laughs> it's like um, you know like Webster's, music. You know how like music is so like great and stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I do. I did notice on Twitter this week that people were saying, right? Eddie was so right, whatever. And then like you would, yeah, see? And like always like you were like con- uh, validating their validation. Right. Just like, right. I, I also love that it's like, clearly I did a terrible job, but I'll just stir that pot. Let's all do that together. Okay. This one from Joey is incredible. <laughs> Okay, so Joey was dating a girl long distance, and he knew it was time to break up. So he drove down uh, to do the breakup in person. That's an honorable thing to do, right? He gets a Snapchat. Huh, is that from necessary? His, I, I, did, I mean, how long were they dating? Do we know? He, he, doesn't, he doesn't give the say. details. Okay, it was a long distance long... relationship, but yeah. he felt in this situation the right thing to do right. was to drive down to where they are. I don't know how long the trip was, but to break up in person. I, get, yeah. I say it's honorable. I don't know. I don't really care. 
but he's that's maybe his he's game not, plan. Maybe it's not necessary. Yeah, but maybe yeah. He, he feels that's what it, he's called to do. But by the end of the story, you'll see he might as well have not gotten in the car because his buddy Snapchatted him. Uh, uh, what are you doing? And he snapped back a picture of holding up a peace signs with my fingers. And the caption says about to break up with my girlfriend. I hit send and my heart sank. I accidentally hit her name uh, because she was the, my top friend, and it was a natural reaction to send uh, that position on the screen. I immediately realized uh, and timed it, so I saw her open the snap. I called her to interrupt the view. She saw it, felt terrible, but successful breakup. Wow. wow. So, okay, I only... Kind of saved him a trip. I only you know? use Snapchat for the Save funny the filters. Uh, so... <laughs> Can you, because like you, you like something on Instagram on mm-hmm. accident, you just click it again and it unlikes it. Right. So can you like pull back a message that you sent somebody on Snapchat? It well, is she, gone. He saw that she had opened it. Like she's got it immediately. Yeah. Brandon Smith said, I work part time as the marketing coordinator for a direct <laughs> sales jewelry company. And occasionally I send Facebook group messages uh, to our saleswomen. Every couple of weeks, I'll get a friend request from one of the ladies who are generally twice my age with an attached message about how cute or handsome I am. What should I do? I say lean into that. <laughs> Brandon is cute and handsome, and I think that it's time for you to find love, Brandon. Yeah, <laughs> I, and, and what, I, what I say, love aside, I mean, you're in direct sales here. I yeah. mean, at least leverage it for a sales opportunity. You know, winky, yeah. winky. Uh, I look pretty good. You look pretty good with some of this jewelry I'm selling. Yeah. What you say? I get forty percent of everything you sell. What can go wrong? Yeah, exactly. I think I think they teed one up for you there, Brandon. Yeah. You're welcome, Brandon. Enjoy your new life. There's a lot more uh, where those came from. Go check them out. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. All right. Well, it's Valentine's season. That's right. It's I'm upon us, Chandler. I love you, man. Thanks. Love you too. Thank you. And we were thinking, you know, we were inspired by the Nugget Bouquet. Who wouldn't it be? And it got us thinking about (laughs) creative, thoughtful, uh, uh, Valentine's gift ideas. Yeah. Uh, That me and Eddie might steal for Shark Tank. (laughs) (laughs) So so we want to know your most creative and thoughtful, not like jewelry, not roses, not chocolate. Yeah. You know, your most creative, unique, thoughtful Valentine's gift ideas Mm -hmm. that we can share on the show next week and maybe help the single among us to have, uh, (laughs) you know... Yeah, and start, I mean, just start reading the feedback now because there's going to be people who on the 13th are going to start sweating and going, yeah. oh, I, I can't make reservations at this point. It's too late. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have, it's too late to get flowers. Just check our feedback and see what people yeah, are saying. Yeah, you don't want to be like that worship leader who forgot to practice during the week and is having to cram <laughs> it in before the service on Sunday morning. FYI, I'd fire that guy too. I- <laughs> it's, called a win- it's called a Wednesday night rehearsal, homie. 10,000 reasons doesn't play itself. Would have saved, would have saved your job. <laughs> uh, sometimes it does. <laughs> um, uh, I have mentioned that song on this show. Too many I, times. It, it's like some sort of weird mental 10,000 reasons. Yeah. 10,000 times. 10,000 times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so in case you are that guy and you haven't prepared for Valentine's Day, uh, when we read the feedback next week, that'll be yeah. your cheat sheet to, yeah. to put together something that's quick and yet appears to be thoughtful. Can I, get, can I give, can I give a, a a, a, a little pro tip of something that I think is appropriate. Right. Please. Um, like and this, I mean, you can date this one all the way back to the 12 days of Christmas. Oh. No one doesn't appreciate multiple live animals that require upkeep for yep. any sort of present. So I'm talking like, I'm not talking like you get them a puppy. I'm talking uh-huh. like you get them a litter. 
Okay. <laughs> Show yeah. them your love by getting them. I mean, just a ton of animals of different but species don't you, too. But if it's somebody that you're in a relationship with, then they're kind of your problem too now. Well, this yeah. is like right. a dating. This is like Get in the early stage. Yeah, I don't want that. You know, it, let's a, say you have a bunch of animals you don't want. This right. is a good opportunity to get rid of them, like and they'll Andy think it's a beautiful the gesture. Office, and it did not end well. Right, that's right. He did. <laughs> she got like scratched by a lot of birds. Well, that was the actual that's twelve days of Christmas. Yeah, he did, yeah. He did. And those were actual birds. I'm saying, I'm saying, I guess any animal. I'm know, saying it could be a, a dairy very, cow, a whatever. Young, a very young tortoise that will live for 120 years. That's romantic, <laughs> and, it's, and it's illegal to get rid of because yeah. they're like endangered. If it's right. yours, you have to. I was, you, keep I was watching. I was traveling last week. I was watching the Kardashians, and it happened to be. You don't have to qualify that. There's no judgment. To be you could just say I was watching the crash. That show rules. I'm sure. It happened, to be, it happened to be an episode where one of the sisters got one of the other sisters some fish for the kids. No problem. And then the sister on the receiving end was, "What am I supposed to do with these fish?" Oh, I, so she goes to the aquarium store, has to get an aquarium, has to get this whole thing. And then they fa- flash forward to at a commercial break, coming up later in the show. You know, a call from the receiving sister going, "I can't handle these fish. These fish are dying. I don't know." What to, and mm-hmm. like the gift did not go over no. very but, but, well. Aye, what I'm saying aye, is. Aye. Okay. It was, it was all going to work for puppies, but with fish, you can say, listen, worst case scenario, right. you just eat these bad boys. Yeah. <laughs> Newsflash, news fish are good for you. They got fi- the acids, the fish oils. Yeah. So it could be a, a little pet. topping on the it salad. It could be tortoise soup. I don't know. It's balls in your core. Whatever you want to do, I'm not going to judge. I'm hello, not going to judge. Some sort of Hello Dory, or Finding Dory hello anchovy Dory. salad. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but listen, the, the animals are yours at this point. That's what I'm saying to you. It's right. like, you know, we have if you want earth. to raise these chickens as your own, so I think it's pretty cool. But again, no if you get hungry, I'm not going to blame you either. Yeah. I mean, it's February a, 14th, you go out there, you kill the gift. So this yeah. is why this is why we want your suggestions for good gift ideas right but like i said i don't i don't i don't i don't suggest traditional domesticated animals animals i suggest ones that can be eaten should the relationship go south that's all i'm saying it's a double yeah, so gift. basically the worst case scenario is you're giving them a snack you're giving them you're a saying. meal yeah exactly I, yeah, just to zoom out from this moment for a second jesse the fact that you and i have both married women of like upstanding character and no. just a lot of wisdom opposites attract it's a little shocking <laughs> like how I got I got my when we were I don't get it because I got my wife a pet fish early on in the relationship she loved it but I got hungry one day yeah and she knew the deal so <laughs> she knows uh, how it goes she knows yeah. who she married daddy gets hungry he's got to eat the goldfish oh, snacky snacky <laughs> yeah on a little Ritz cracker so hit us up on the podcast episode page you can post it in the comments there your ideas for creative and thoughtful <laughs> Valentine's <laughs> gift ideas and you can also tweet us at relevant podcast yeah. I can see Jesse trying to do the David Blaine thing where he's like all right Dana all right Dana all right I'm gonna cough up the goldfish ready and then his oh, face just oh, goes oh, real white around. help me call doctor <laughs> <laughs> This is never gonna work. No, 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 no. It was was an illusion. It was an illusion all along. (laughs) 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 Ah, They're poison. I'm allergic to goldfish. (laughs) Many thanks to our show sponsor for making this episode possible. Remember, when you go to HelloFresh.com today, enter code Relevant35 to get 35 bucks off. when you subscribe. She's just yelling, why did you do this? Why did you do this? Because I was home all day. I was starving. We didn't renew HelloFresh. Listen, I got a bunch of frozen meals. I don't even know if we got a convection oven. And you left me with no 
choice. <laughs> so I swallowed your uh, fish. I'm sorry. I ate the fish. I ate all the fish. The whole aquarium full. <laughs> what did you want me to do here? What am Honey, I, an animal? The preheat light is broken. Do you understand that? The preheat. What do you want me to do? I can cook nothing right now. <laughs> it was either pass out. Or be very hungry, or eat or those eat. fish. I got a whole aquarium full of fish in my belly, and I feel great. Not a single regret, Dana. Uh, thanks also to our guest for joining us, Ira Glass. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Ira Glass. Uh, also, Andy Minio. His new album is dropping this year sometime. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter it's at fake. Andy Minio for well that's how music is now man there's no release dates yeah. I get rappers yeah, they I just work the, on it until it's done and, and then they put it out to also guys turned out the preheat light wasn't broken I was pressing the wrong button so this <laughs> yeah. whole thing could have been averted you were if, I the read, timer. if I would have read the buttons more carefully but you were setting the timer over and over and over, and over again yeah. hey, if you want to uh, read our current cover story on Ira Glass uh, head over to realmagazine.com you can actually read it there on the site <laughs> and while you're there subscribe our March issue which is at the printer right now is a big redesign and Prices are going up when it comes out. So uh, if you want to get in on the old era prices for a new era, higher quality, higher cost product, uh, go over to realmagazine.com. Subscribe now. Um, on that note, we will wrap it up. I'm Seems Cameron right. String. I'm Eddie Koffeltz, Yeah. Okay. I'm Chelsea Steele. I'm Chandler String. I'm Jesse Carey. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check the magazine out. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. I used to think America was finished with racism. I could have miss it. I'm mad so many people don't get it. Holding this list of black names, but now I'm blacklisted. Got older, it's like it got no different I found out these independent artists isn't independent Cause major labels fund them quietly to keep perception That's deception in the game Used to believe I wanted fame Plus my name written in them lights Now I know it's so much greater Cause it's written in the hand of Christ And I, I used to say that the radio would play What the people wanted now I know Oh, oh I feel so around Help me, call the doctor Ah! Oh.